The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, September 20th, 2017, season 13, episode number 42. Welcome to another edition of The Break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios, and uh, we're talking Cowboys football as we do every day. Today we're going to get into Cowboys versus Cardinals. Uh, We're going to talk about the Cowboys defense versus the Arizona Cardinals offense. How's everybody feeling this morning? Being. Being. Great. Well, I got a Red Bull down here. I kind of want to drink, but I didn't have my the right cup for it. Not a sponsor. Oh, okay. Well, who is the sponsor? Deja Blue. Uh, what about the energy drink sponsor? Do we have one? Uh, Pepsi. Oh. <laughs> mention it. Mention right. it to the right person up. Gatorade. I, I mean, promise you, they'll they'll help you out. We got options here. We got options. Well, right now I'm just going to drink water. You'll That's have a to, good idea. You'll have to do Stick a read, though. You'll have to do like a monster read or something. Can you can you try not to miss the read today? Oh, okay. Do that. You want to talk about underwear? Yeah, at some point. Not right now, but okay. at some point, I'd love to talk about underwear. We were talking about the Cowboys' defense. I don't. Did you have a joke there? Was not there something really. going with that? Not really. All right, Dave. You good this morning? Great. I already said that. Oh, you did. Yeah, yeah you did. Okay. Good. I'm good. I'm real good. All right, let's jump right in. Let's talk some uh, Cowboys versus Cardinals. Um, as I was going through looking at some of the numbers, there were some uh, some pretty startling things that stuck out to me. Um, but nothing was more apparent than uh, I was talking to Brian this morning when I got into the office and we were looking at some different stats. And one of the things about their offense is uh, that, that I think that kind of points out how inefficient they've been offensively um, is that right now they're averaging less than a yard on first downs. Uh, there are, I think, I want to say, I can't remember exactly the ranking in the league, but Right now, their second down, their average second down is second and nine point something um, yards to go. Uh, they are not getting anything on first down. And if you look at the efficiency of their quarterback, the quarterback um, is a guy that is not uh, right now getting a lot of um, – he's not being very accurate. They're, they're only, I think, throwing at 54%. Um, so, Dave, give us, an, give us kind of a layout of what this offense looks like. Some of the players that are involved, what they do well and what they don't do well. Well, let's start off with injuries. Because it's real easy to look at their first two games and say, these guys suck. And it's real easy to then look at who's not playing for them and realize why, I think. So upon doing my homework last night, let's just go through this real quick. DJ Humphreys, uh, your first-round draft pick from a couple years ago who's supposed to start at left tackle, is out with a knee injury. Still out this week? All of these guys are guys that might return. So this is something to keep an eye on as we get into practices this week. Okay. Mike Upati, who is your four-time Pro Bowler that Remember signed... when he came to the Cowboys for, uh, for um, uh, Dallas Day. Wow. It was a while ago because he's been in the league for a while. Yep. Four-time Pro Bowler in San Francisco, starter at left guard, $40 million contract, out with a triceps injury. Okay. Uh, John Brown, your number two receiver, out with a quad. Jermaine Gresham, your uh, tight end that they signed from Cincinnati during the offseason, former first-round draft pick, hurt his ribs in game one. Out with ribs. Haven't even gotten to David Johnson, who fantasy owners can tell you is one of the most dynamic players in the NFL. Out with a wrist. TJ Logan, fifth-round pick, running back out of North Carolina, who they drafted just this past spring. 
out with a wrist that he actually hurt in the Hall of Fame game against your Dallas Cowboys. So what's that? Four, that's five starters and, or no, yeah, five starting caliber players and then a couple of key backups that uh, that you're not working with for this Arizona Cardinals team. So you're filling in the gaps with guys like Kerwin Williams, who is a journeyman at best. He's been in the league since 14. He's a seventh-round draft pick. Uh, you've got John Wetzel playing yes. left tackle. Former Remember him. Yeah, he's been on three other practice squads. Arizona's <laughs> the first team that promoted him to the active roster. Out of necessity, it sounds like. Out of necessity. You've got Alex Boone, who was cut by Minnesota mainly for money reasons, mm-hmm. starting at left guard and not looking too great doing it in my summation. Um, this is my favorite one, probably. Evan Beam, fourth round pick, starting at right guard. Doesn't look great. Drew a couple flags and allowed a sack against the um, Colts on Sunday. Picked seven spots ahead of Dak Prescott in last year's draft. Mm. So, just funny. Um, <laughs> so yeah, funny for who? Seems like the Chargers. I it's from about three years ago. It's 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 easy to knock them for looking bad, and there's stuff that looks. I mean, it all looks pretty bad, honestly. It's funny. So I watch. I didn't watch both of their games. I watched the Colts game last night. Carson Palmer finished that game with 332 passing yards, and it was like the worst 332 passing yards I've ever seen. Like when I got done with the game, I was like, oh, my God, really? Because they don't look good. You said it yourself. He's completing 55%. He's thrown two touchdowns to four interceptions. Uh, Chris Johnson is back in the fold now that David Johnson is out. He looked pretty nice running the ball, but I still think their longest run from scrimmage that wasn't called back by a flag was eight yards maybe, something like that. So really you're just talking about a long, a lot of deep balls. Yep. That's how this offense how they're running. is getting by. Um, J.J. Nelson is a where's, – where, where's my J.J. Nelson? No, he's a fifth-round pick from 2015. Been the most productive receiver they've had UAB, this season so far. Right? Yes. Broke Chris Johnson's 40 record. This was before John Ross broke it, but he was the fastest man at the Combine, so he's got some wheels uh, he had 568 yards last year. He's on pace for a 1,000-yard season. He's got two touchdowns in two games. Yep. Uh, basically, the only play they ran in Sunday's Colts game offensively that impressed me at all was Palmer just chunked it up to him from about 50 yards out, and he beat double coverage for a touchdown. You'll be surprised by this. J.J. Uh, Nelson, I guess speedster from the combine, uh, he was on my mock draft uh, the entire time that year. Like, because you want your because you want that because I like yeah. the speed guy. Yeah. So I I picked him every single time, and I actually watched him play at UAB before they stopped the program and then got it back. So, yeah. Which I'm interested. Again, all those injuries I listed off are guys that you're going to have to watch because I know there's at least there's optimism Gresham will be back. There's optimism that John Brown will be back. He is also a burner if he's healthy. Ipati. Ipati. Yeah. And uh, not David Johnson, not David. No, Johnson. He's out. You do not have to worry about him. But selfishly speaking, it, having watched this offensive line against the Colts, the makeshift one that they're getting by with, uh, I like the idea of Demarcus Lawrence and company going against these guys because they surrendered four sacks to the Colts who don't I mean, they don't have much in the way of fearsome pass rushers ever since Freeney and Mathis left. And they gave up four, three of which came to the defensive line. Yeah. So they had. So you're you're talking about a unit that's struggling a little bit. Kind of reminded me of the Denver game, like 
Dak was getting pressured a lot, even when he did have time to throw the ball. Same thing goes for Carson Palmer. He had to improvise a lot, step up in the pocket a lot. So Their coach came out after the game and said Carson Palmer needs to play much better than this. Does. And then he came back Monday and said he did play better than that. After watching the tape, he was a lot better than I thought. Mm. So, you know, and, they, and remember, they won the game. I mean, a lot of times you say that stuff after you lose, but he, they won the game. And then he, He's been sacked five times in two games. And like I said, he threw for 332 yards. I guess that's the flip side of this is I was I'm watching this and I'm thinking, man, these guys look bad, really if if it's not for him hitting deep balls and you know deep comebacks like throwing to the sideline to minimize his risk of getting intercepted and throwing deep because he's still got a strong arm and his receivers are fast i'm thinking that's uh, that's really all they got that's their offense right now but this secondary of the cowboys sure didn't look in you know encouraging on sunday so who am i to say that they're going to definitely take that away and that's exactly where i wanted to go with all that and once you look at this team it's pretty apparent that that's what they do well and when you match them up against the cowboys my question for you guys is how comfortable do you feel that the cowboys secondary can handle the speed and that deep playability that they seem to be pretty good at if it's even if it's the only thing they do well how much do you think, how much confidence do you have that, that the Cowboys secondary can handle it? I think the one thing that I'm confident about that I feel kind of good about is them, the Cowboys putting pressure on the quarterback. And with DeMontre Moore coming back, I think Demarcus Lawrence can do a good job there. And for me, that's going to kind of take off some pressure from the secondary. So maybe that balances out a little bit and they get some help from that. I, I think that's a good point. And, and you know, the, you, you do have question marks about the secondary. You can't be comfortable right now because you don't really know. We don't really know exactly the uh, the status of some of these guys. They, you know, they've had this kind of a, a we, weird week because of the Monday night game. So we haven't seen them since the game, really. And then we don't talk to them until today at 4 or 4. And I'm not even sure. It's not a great locker room day. You won't see a lot. You're not going to get a lot of – information until tomorrow morning about this time when Garrett talks about how this uh what's the status of Nolan Carroll Cheeto Monday games are weird it seems like for as you know the Cowboys have all this national appeal like we don't play that many Monday night games I guess because I don't know I don't remember it being this week seems like we get once a once a year like yeah we'll and Monday night we, it's a lot of times it's at home yeah. and they like that week three bears Carolina or something like that. They but played on. They played their Monday night game over Christmas last year, and Christmas is always oh, yeah. a wonky schedule anyway. Yeah, so. I used to love Monday night road games. I used to look for them on the schedule when the schedule would come out. We got any Monday night road games because you know it's it's a uh, fun to have a Monday off in a different city. It's fun to have a Saturday that too. You know, Saturday you here can actually just sit and watch yeah, college but, football. But that actually changes now. So it used to be we didn't have to come up here and cover the practice, but now it's like a Friday. They're going to have a pr- practice then. Yeah. Availability. So we'll be here for Saturday. But talk to me specifically about speed. Like, what what kind of speed do the Cowboys have? Because we haven't really seen, again, mainly because they were hurt all during training camp, we haven't really seen these cornerbacks, um, other than maybe the college evaluation of them, but we haven't seen them in situations where they're really having to run. Because I don't think any of the re- – I don't think other than – you know, other than Bryce, I don't think you can. You look at the Cowboys receivers and say there's just pure speed there. No. What? What? I guess let's go back to the college evaluation, Dave, and, and what you guys are talking about on on some of the draft shows. What kind of speed do some of these young guys have to be able to match up with guys like JJ Nelson or or, 
or Brown. I mean, to be able to play cornerback, you have to be pretty fast. Just as a, na- I mean, True. you're not playing cornerback with like a four-five or a four-six. But I mean, Jordan Lewis and Chidabe Awuzie, like that's not their calling card that they're like setting combine records. Although, and you know. Even at 30 years old, I think most people would say Orlando Skandrick's probably one of the fastest few guys on this team. So right. you've got speed. You've got, you know, I know he's kind of getting knocked by people this week, but Byron Jones is a, as athletic as they come. He's a fast guy. Actually, Jeff Heath is Jeff guy. Heath, deceptively fast. Like, I don't worry about you having speed. You don't think speed is an issue? Anthony Brown's fast. Going to the team. I'm sorry? Anthony Brown's the fastest oh. guy on the team. I don't. It's it's not like college where I, I mean that matter. <laughs> no, it does. Yeah, absolutely. I don't I don't worry about them just getting behind these guys all the time. I just worry about coverage skill more than anything else. I mean, how much space you know? And and it's not you know it's not like these guys are just running goes all day every day. Like I feel like sixty percent of Palmer's completions against the Colts the other day were these fifteen to twenty two yard comebacks. And that's the type of stuff where I could see, especially, I mean, Nolan Carroll uh, or a guy like Jordan Lewis who has doesn't have a lot of experience. I could see, you know, a Larry Fitzgerald or a guy like that who's a route running technician taking advantage of that and getting open for these, you know, 18 to 25 yard gains because they ran a few things near the line of scrimmage, but I swear it felt like every completion they had was 15 or more yards down the field. Like they're looking for chunk plays when they throw, which makes sense because Bruce Arians is a super aggressive coach. Mm-hmm. Um, from a speed standpoint, it doesn't really worry me. I just worry that in terms of route running and coverage, I mean, the coverage certainly didn't look good on Sunday. So that needs to be cleaned up. On top of that, I would love to think, based on what I saw, that the Cowboys can stop this running game because it looks bad. Like, it doesn't look good at all. Right. They averaged 3.2 yards per carry. Chris Johnson, like I said, he had a couple of nice runs. But, like, Alex Boone just looked bad. And uh, your right tackle, Jared Veld here, I they did not have a lot of room to run. So I would like to think the Cowboys can make them one-dimensional. But, again, after the Denver game, I don't know. Sorry, what were you going to say? Uh, didn't the, I mean, this is the same defense. The, the, the Card, Cardinals faced the same defense from the Colts that gave up like 46 points. I guess some of it was on offense. but Yeah, some I mean, of those were pick sixes. They gave up a lot of points to the Rams. So, I mean, and then the Cardinals go in there. And, yeah, they, they're, they struggle. But this reminds me of that game back in 2012 maybe where against the, the Chargers where they had about three offensive linemen banged up and who's going to play for them and the Cowboys are going to come in here. And I think Phillip Rivers only threw for 400 yards that day and half of it's a Gates. And, I mean, they, they figured it out. So I'm, I'm not just going to say, oh, well, John Wetzel, ha-ha, you know, okay. Well, John, well, uh, DJ Humphreys could be back for this game. too. So, really, like, all those guys I said are hurt. Like, you're going to have to keep an eye on them because they could all be coming back to the lineup for this game. But – you know, it seemed like every time the Cardinals wanted to run in this last game, they had to go jumbo. Like, their Joe Looney was on the field for probably 60% of their run plays, which, again, if that's the type of stuff you need to do to move the ball on the ground, I would like to think the Cowboys can clean that up and try to make them one-dimensional. Do you, got, do you think that their ineffectiveness in the run game is more related to the fact that they don't run enough? Because they, I want to say it's 2-1 to one pass-to-run ratio. Um, but do you think it's it's that if they ran? I know you said Chris Johnson looked pretty nice on on some of these right. runs, 
do you think it's just they don't run enough? It's not that they can't run. It's that they choose to to throw more than they run. I think most teams, if they could run, they would. I, yeah, that reminds me of like the 2011, 2012, 2013 Cowboys. Like if you if you could run, you would run. Like you wouldn't just leave DeMarco Murray with nine carries on yeah. the day. That's that's not how football works. Like that's coaches love to run the ball. And uh, like, I, yeah, Chris Johnson had a couple of runs where he got into space. But for the most part, you're talking like three yards in a cloud of dust like two guys are past their blocks immediately like just doesn't look pretty so what I, what I worry about more than anything is the Larry Fitzgerald running down the field he's got Jordan Lewis or Anthony Brown right there with him horribly underthrown passes and then you know that crafty veteran at a Fitzgerald to, to draw the pass interference I could just see a bunch of PI calls because who are these guys? Who are these guys to get a call on on Larry Fitzgerald? You know, there's no way that Anthony Brown can cover Larry Fitzgerald, right? You, you know, that's probably a, a mindset that any normal official is probably going to have. So you're not going to get the benefit of the doubt unless you just go and, and really beat them, and that's going to be a, a challenge for them. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this will be like I said. It sounds simple enough, but I'm not. I'm not ready to give this secondary the benefit of the doubt that they're going to shut this thing down. I think it's it's going to be challenging for them. Larry Fitzgerald's a Hall of Famer. Uh, J.J. Nelson looks really impressive through two weeks. You might get John Brown back for this game, and he's a he's a big play threat. So home opener, too. Yeah, home opener. They've been on the road the first two weeks. Yep. All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, we want to get some questions. You guys, give us a call. The number is two one four eight seven two twenty one zero two. Again, it is two one four eight seven two. 2102. Uh, you can also hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. This is The Break. We, the entertainment-loving people, demand the best unlimited wireless plan ever from AT&T. What else do you want, a unicorn? Maybe. Only AT&T offers you unlimited data with HBO included and never pay overages. Get AT&T Unlimited Plus, our best wireless deal on unlimited data. Plus save $25 per month on DirecTV. It's entertainment your way. After 22 gigabytes of data usage, AT&T may slow speeds. Plan includes stream saver and videos will stream in standard definition unless you turn it off. $25 DirecTV savings requires AT&T Unlimited Plus. Credits start within three bills. Service prices subject to change. Other usage, speed, fees, charges, and restrictions apply. See att.com slash unlimited for details. Hey, Cowboys fans. Did you know that over the next few years, more than a million service members will transition from military to civilian life? Veterans face unique challenges when they get out of the military, and Bank of America and the Dallas Cowboys are teaming up to help with financial education, career opportunities, and support of military nonprofits and organizations locally in North Texas and across the country. We're proud to support our troops and are deeply grateful for the dedication and sacrifice of our service members and veterans. Bank of America, official bank of the Dallas Cowboys, invites you to join us in our efforts to get involved by tagging game day photos on social media using hashtag troop thanks. That's hashtag troop thanks. And by learning more about our commitment to veterans at bankofamerica.com slash military support. Together, we can thank our troops in ways that make a real difference. Copyright 2016, Bank of America Corporation. It's bowling night with friends and you're hanging out together. You picked up a spare, but you're craving something better. A thirst runs deep inside, you don't know what to do. You crave a nice cold Dr. Pepper and a hero to save you. Crave Rider. You ride the wave of Dr. Pepper when you're craving Dr. Pepper. Crave Rider. When you crave a Dr. Pepper, nothing else will do. Pick up an ice cold 20-ounce bottle today. Dr. Pepper. The one you crave. 
I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit Stetson.com slash cowboy to find a retailer nearest you. Back to the break. Welcome back. It's the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking Cowboys and Cardinals. They'll, they'll uh, battle Monday night. Monday night football. I think it's 7.30 kick uh, central time for you guys here in the, the local area. Uh, but check your local listings to uh, figure out when and where you can watch it. Uh, let's get some calls. Call us 214-872-2102. You can also send your questions or comments to on Twitter at Cowboys Break. We'll start with a question from Twitter. Amber, what do we have? I know it's way too early for this, but Never way too le- early. let's just go ahead and answer Playoffs. this. This is Playoffs. from Kimberly. I don't remember a Super Bowl winning team getting dominated like that. Speaking no. of the game against the Broncos. Can you remind me of a, when a Super Bowl winning team did? I think Kimberly tweeted me earlier this week, and I answered her. But, yeah, go ahead. Well, 1993, the Cowboys lost oh. to the opener, 35-16 to to the Redskins. 1994, the 49ers lost, I believe, 40-8 to at home to the Eagles. And then they went ahead and won the Super Bowl. This is perfect because you always know that stuff and not the recent stuff, and no. I know the recent stuff. Let's Give go. me some recent stuff. The I 20, know it's happened. The, the 2014 Patriots got their doors blown off 41-14 to by the Chiefs in week three, I think. Brady's done. Got to play Garoppolo. Somebody legitimately asked Belichick after the game if like the Brady era was over. <laughs> and, I love and how fans overreact. They, uh, and media I think they lost one more game the rest of that year or something like that. Like They were pretty good, so... I'm not saying the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl, but it happens on a somewhat regular basis. Don't lose your hope. The Saints, <laughs> the Saints, it wasn't a blowout, but they lost to one of the worst football teams in in the NFL that year. After the Cowboys beat them for their first loss in what is that 20 2009? Yeah. I mean, then, then I think Tampa Bay came in. They they lost on a walk off field goal. It's not like they got their asses kicked. I didn't say that. I yeah. said but they they had yeah. only won, that was their second win of the year. Yeah, wasn't it? I had, they were bad. I don't know if they were that bad. But. So I mean, it kind of ruined what the Cowboys had done. Yeah. So and well, the same, they started thirteen and zero and finished thirteen and three. The whole city and, the, and then one, was and then like, one we're like we're gonna go one and done in the playoffs. Like we're and they went all the way. Yep, it was awesome. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to think back to like the '95 Cowboys. That I don't believe they had anything really too bad. Um, they they had some struggling losses, but n- nothing like that. But I mean, it 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 happens where a game can get I, away from you. I don't. I mean, I know I know they weren't Super Bowl teams, but I brought this up uh, one either yesterday or Monday. The the Green Bay Packers, who have been a you know championship contender for six or seven years in a row, got their butts kicked in Denver two years ago, twenty nine to ten, I believe. And Tom Brady loses at mile high all the time. I mean, obviously the AFC title game, that's a little different, but he's lost regular season games there as well. I mean, it's a tough place to win. You would prefer that it looked a little better, but stuff happens in the NFL. I remember the 98 Cowboys were pretty good. I mean, it was a pretty good team. They were 10 and 6. They won the whole, they were 8 and 0 in the division that year, but they went to Denver and got beat by Terrell Davis. 
it's probably something like that, forty-two to twenty-one or something, where he get he had about two hundred yards. So do this. He oh did yeah, that. he did, he did the salute. salute. Yeah. Okay, should Dak use his legs more, create the dual threat, and bot bootleg? Bootleg. Is that how you say it? Bootleg. Roll out. The pocket pass thing might not be his game. What do you guys think? Uh, I'd, I'd like to see him run a little bit more. I, I actually, Nick, you and I talked about that during the game last week. They were down um, near the goal line, and I was like, I'd love to see them spread it out here and try Dak you know, on a on a quarterback, uh, basically a quarterback draw. Because I, I think that when you do that, especially against a defense like that, number one, they're really aggressive, and number two, they got really good corners. And I think it, it kind of gives you just one more wrinkle that everybody has to think about. Your safeties have to think about it so they can't kind of dip out. So if, if you're in man coverage, now your back is to the quarterback. You're not really paying attention. I think it can give you a few more options if you can if you can use him a little bit more with his leg. I don't see that bootleg much in this offense. Uh, Last year they did it more, didn't they? Just, just a straight play action well, bootleg? He never he never ran. He right, hit he the throw. boot yeah. action and threw out of right. it. And he's done that a couple times, but it I, I it doesn't seem like they're doing it as often this year so yeah. far. But the idea of the bootleg is really not to run it. it right. it's, it's to throw it, but if it, if you're, you know, if you can Nothing get there, there yeah. yeah. But um I I don't know. I mean, as for just straight running plays for him, yeah, I mean, I I think this this is just kind of the Evolution of him. I mean, he, he's getting there. He, he's he's becoming a good pocket passer. He proved that he could stand in there. Uh, he's going to have to be a little bit more consistent throwing from there. But, you know, once you prove you can do that, then the other stuff will open up. So yeah. I, at this level, the I think the question was, like, the pocket passer thing might not be his game. It has to be your game in the NFL. Like, you can't get by on that. Stuff. Running has to be the second option in the Which, NFL. And yeah, I mean, you could draw up a few more things. I'd like, like the boot action worked last year. I'd like to see it a little bit more. But he's developing as a pocket passer. He had a good camp as a pocket passer. I'm not worried about that in the long term. All right. Does Dak have Romo's ability to know what the defense is doing by alignment and to change the play to take advantage of what he sees pre-snap? Not on that level, not, not yet. Not yet. And, and there's honestly, th- there's not many quarterbacks in the NFL that are on on Romo's level like that. Other Where guy- he was by the end of his career. Let's let's make that caveat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. Even, yeah, Tony, Tony didn't even see the field for like right, three exactly. years, so. and that's what people forget. I think sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah think yeah. about that. You know, Tony developed that that part, but got to remember, Tony's not a tall quarterback. He's not overly athletic. He didn't have the strongest arm. He didn't have a great deep ball. He had that. That's what he had, and that's why I think he's probably better at that than a lot of even some of the better quarterbacks are reading that kind of stuff. But that it's not just that you got to be able to execute, and he was, you know, he was good at that too. But but no, I, I don't. I think that's unfair to to call Dak on that level. He may never be on that level to do that. But athletically, we're talking about a different quarterback too. I I think his grasp of the mental side of it is above average for a second year player. And I agree with that. He's not on like the Romo Peyton Manning level. That's I mean that's decade plus of work. Right. Right. But I feel good about where he is with that. I yeah. agree with that. I think that's not I don't I don't have any reason to believe he can't get to that point. I just think he's a second year quarterback. Yeah. And so as a second year quarterback, he doesn't seen everything. Like this is the first time he's faced a defense like Denver. 
Let's see what happens the second time he faces a defense like Denver. You know, those are the kinds of things that you kind of learn over time. And I'm sure same thing happened with Romo. As he got in and started playing, what was year three when he started finally playing? Mm-hmm. Um, when he gets in, then after that. Four, wasn't it? Yeah, it was fourth, really his fourth year. Fourth year. Yep. So after that, then he starts accumulating this this information as he plays teams. He learns about this guy. He learns about this guy. He learns about this scheme. He learns about that scheme. And he builds that over time. That's not something you come in the door immediately knowing, I don't think. Nope. Just kind of how Romo has been doing during the broadcasting, just saying, calling the play before it even happens. So that all we, comes from he, his experience. You know, it's, what's funny, I saw something on NFL Network. They were showing, I, I don't even remember the two guys. One of them was the Ike Taylor, maybe? From, yeah. Yeah. They, um, boy, they're hating on that. On, on like, <sighs> calling blitzes. Like, who doesn't do that? Like, everyone knows that. You know what I mean? It seems like 95% of the, from what I've heard about Romo is that he has been really good. Fans like him. He's given them a dimension that they don't really, you don't really have. I've heard media types. I've heard, you know, some of my family members. I've heard other media guys say it. But I think, you know, he still was considered an overrated quarterback around the league. They didn't really like this guy. They thought he got too much pub and attention. And you can still kind of see that the, the – hate i guess if you will about what he's doing on, on the broadcast but man i've i've listened a little bit and it's it's pretty good yeah he's a little pompous though you know he, oh that's what he is he's kind of smug let's like, say that that's his person that's him though. watch he's, this yeah. he's smug but that's okay i mean i mean do it i mean if you can do the same thing if you, you know then call call plays before the before they happen yeah and if know? that's going to be his calling card if that's going to be what he brings to broadcast that other people know how to do, they just haven't done, and good for him. Yeah. That's a that's a good calling I mean, card to have. If right? you're watching the game, do you want that? I do. Every time? I think I, you got to pick play. your spots. Maybe not every play, he'll but... Get, he'll get coached. I, it, what it becomes then is it becomes, oh, wow, he said, well, let's see if it happens, right? It becomes kind of this game of, can you predict it, right? And he's kind of predicting, and you want to see if he's right. So I, I don't think every play, but I do think at certain points in the game, I kind of want that kind of I haven't, analysis. I, I do, too. Yeah, I haven't, that's why they're there. I haven't watched a lot of it. I've seen like I've seen the highlights basically, but I hope when he's done predicting why they did it, like when he's done predicting it, I hope he explains why. Yes, he and yes, and he has okay. in the times I've the, the right. instances I've seen. That's what I want. He's gone back after and said, "Okay, and here's why I said this. Yeah, I've heard. Here's him. why I've done this, and why, right. here's why they did this is because they were thinking this, this, and this. I care way more about the explanation than the prediction. So right. as long as he's doing that, then I don't care. But That's we've great. seen but- like. Nick, you remember we saw this on on a plane while he was with the Cowboys when wow. he came that one time. And it was really cool. He spent what maybe fifteen minutes standing there on the uh, plane, just breaking I, down different plays. We had just finished playing the they just finished playing the Giants. Giants, that's right. I told and, this story. Uh, yeah. I told this story just the other day. It what was fascinating about it was is they played the Giants, and Tony was looking at at plays on on an iPad from the Giants offense. Yes, and and he was like, "Is this the one where they dump it down to Vereen or whatever?" And you know, like. Weren't you on the sideline, like looking at your Getting own plays and stuff like right. that? But I mean, he was like, "Oh, see, this is what happens here. He's going to look at Church. If Church moves over here, he's going to come down here and then watch. Watch. He's looking at Sean Lee, and I'm like, dang. And he's saying it before the play begins, and then the play begins, and it's like, oh wow, yeah, yeah that's what would, exactly. Would they get like six yards? And there's no way he was watching that Seven. during the game to be able to recall it. He just could gotcha. recognize it. Hey, here's what they do in this situation. Here's what I know he's looking at, and here's how it's going to play yeah. out. And he walked off, and yeah. we were like. And he'd probably be pretty good in the booth one day. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's <laughs> one of the reasons why and, we, when he took the job, I was telling some of my friends, I was like, he's going to be good at this. Right. And, and now let's take it back to what people really care about. Like if Dak got hurt, 
would he get the call? And I know I've said it, but I think the more you do that, and that that chair is very cushiony. I went John Gruden. It's nice to be sitting up there and not getting hit. It's hard to get those guys out of that chair. I wrote a column in the spring about how I didn't really believe Romo was done, but like the more he settles into this, the less yeah. I believe. And is good at it. Like yeah. that matters. He's good at it. Yeah. And he's getting a lot of a lot of acclaim for it, right? You so. can't have anyone better holding your hand than Jim Nance. Yeah. Hello, friends. <laughs> I don't know if I say anyone better, but that's a great one to have, right? He's no Gus Johnson, in my opinion, but Michaels is pretty good too. Okay, well, I don't think he's going to go on Monday Night Football yet, but <laughs> hey, okay, maybe. Hey, let's but. talk about Patrick Peterson. Let's with do it. Another great cornerback. Do you guys great think out of Alabama that, oh. Tigers? <laughs> Alabama. Do you guys think <laughs> he will blanket Des Bryant all game? Yes, Dave. I think he will travel. Oh, that's not what. That's, that's not, not the question. Was <laughs> answer the question. Oh, the question oh said, well, I'm so, blanket. blanket. When when she said blanket, I thought they meant you know is he going to be on Des every? No, no, that's not what they're asking. I can't. I'm yeah, Des. You're going to have your work cut out for you. Sorry. <laughs> yes, it's going to. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Brandon Whedon was the quarterback the last time these guys played, but Patrick Peterson kicked his ass a little. And bit. he had a and, touchdown with I think 20 seconds left in a blowout win. So you're saying I shouldn't start him in fantasy this week? I would not. <laughs> I would not. He wouldn't be one of those draft king guys. I mean, if you have, if, if you, if, if you could just take anybody from around the league, yeah, if it's it's not a good week to take him, right? Actually, you know what? We have a fantasy article going up today, uh, and I believe on our guy's picks, he has both Dez and Zeke against mm. against. He has Dez against mm-hmm. Patrick Peterson. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I don't want to give too much of this away because I'm writing about it later this week, but. I went back and looked. I I only looked at Dez plays, so I didn't chart the whole game because I only have so much time. But got plenty of time. You have no life, and I don't care. I don't. Honestly, the sad thing is, you're right. I know. Um, I don't care about your fantasy team, so just leave that at the door. But in the part of the Broncos game where it was still a game and you could still be multi-dimensional, Dez was targeted four times, caught three of them for, for 34 yards and a touchdown when it was still a game where you can kind of run your offense and you're not just chucking it. Once they went down 28 to 10. What point would you say that? Was that two quarters? Was that two and a half quarters? Like what? I believe I stopped considering it a close game at 28-10, which was early third quarter. Early third quarter. Okay. Yeah. So through two and some change, he had four or got three it. catches for 34 yards and a touchdown, which is not great. But not horrible. Against that defense and against that those corner. matchups. Yeah. What was the incomplete? Um, I believe it was interception, wasn't it? No, that came after. Yeah, that did. I thought that was twenty-one to ten, and then the pick was. I mean, I thought that was still kind of a game, was it not? I got. Oh, it. yeah. I think twenty-eight ten was when maybe it was, was the run after that interception. Correct. When Zeke went and caught him, you might be right. Then it. Then it. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not trying to absolve Dez. Like he yeah. had some bad moments in that game. It wasn't a great game for anybody, but. In the portion of that game where it was still within reach, I don't think he was as bad as he gets credit for. And a lot of those, you know, you see the 16 targets. A lot of those came in a game where you're just chunking the ball, trying to do something. Okay, so with that being said, why do you then make the jump to blanket uh, that that Peterson will will blanket him? I guess because when I hear the word blanket, what I'm saying is what that suggests to me is that Dez is going to get one of those one catch games. 
this is going to be a game where he's not going to get much. Is Peterson that much better than Aqib Tlaib and Chris Harris? Cla- clarifying myself, when she said blanket, I just took that to mean he'll be on Dez every snap of the game. Okay, so answer the question of, do you think that he will shut Dez down? That's a better way. Yeah, to answer. yeah answer it. I think, answer it. <laughs> I mean, I would be surprised if Dez has more than three or four catches for 30 or 40 yards. Which, game. Like, in the NFL, that's that is a shutdown. That's a not a great game. Patrick Peterson is one of the best like cover corners in the NFL. I think better than the two that he already, that he already faced like, last week. I don't. You know, don't know. Here, yes, yeah. Here's he the is. here's the problem. Just in terms of he follows people around, he can do everything. He can cover every type of receiver. But again, just I'm, like you mentioned, Nick, I think it was maybe yesterday. Sorry, Dave. Oh, I was just gonna say I'm biased though. That's okay. You are biased, but I I want the opinion. The reason I want the opinion because I I know there are fans out there that are trying to figure out like. It, we heard that he that he faced great cornerbacks last week. Is Patrick Peterson in the same vein? Is he better? Like so that they can get a gauge on what they think Des Bryant will be. Patrick Peterson him. is and has been one of the best like three in the league for five years now, in my opinion. So, yeah, it's gonna be tough. I was gonna say that again. I think you mentioned this the other day, maybe yesterday. It doesn't. It's not necessarily just about the cornerback covering. Des Bryant. It's also the passing, Dak throwing the ball at him and being that precise. We know how small of a window there is right there. So, from what we've seen on the other games, like that hasn't really worked out that way, where Dak is able to throw the ball exactly where he needs to be for Des to catch it. There were three balls in that last game. One ended up in interception, where if he throws to Des's back shoulder versus throwing to the inside. I think Desk makes that catch, and I think you get, uh, and you might turn into something more because he's turning to the outside, defender on the inside, let's, turns up field, breaks a tackle, he's off. Let's right? be fair to everybody. Yeah. Des is never going to win the Route Runner of the Year award ever on this team or in the league, of course. But in that instance, you're talking about a back shoulder fade. I, I, I know. That's not, a, that's not a real route. No, it's that's not, not a route that's like that's, that's it's hard not, to run, and not. you have to be that precise on, right? The the thing is, is that Dez is so great at the contested catch because he has to. Yeah, he has to be a good contested catch guy because he's not going to have the the best separation. And I think this big issue is when you're talking about Peterson going to shut down Dez or, or cover him. You know, I've said it a thousand times. The issue is is nobody really compliments what Dez does, and I, I think that is a problem. For what the Cowboys Explain have, have done, they haven't. You, you you look at Larry Fitzgerald, and you've got you know JJ Nelson, you've got AJ Green, and then you've got the John Ross. They don't have that guy that because Dez is not your burner. Dez is your possession guy who can go make plays. They also have a possession guy in Terrence Williams, who I know can run deep sometimes, but he doesn't. And Bryce doesn't play enough to to utilize his speed. And Cole Beasley's not going deep. They they don't have a good complement complementary group of receivers that kind of work well together. I feel like they've got a lot of guys that do the same thing. But how does that explain to me how that affects Dez? I, I would love a guy that could be in the slot and can take it to the house where that Tyrone Matthew has to look at him number fourteen or whoever and go. That guy can run. I don't know much about him. I know he's a, he's the fast guy. Watch him. And then Dez can work underneath and do stuff as opposed to not worried about him, not worried about Beasley. He's not going deep. He'll go underneath. The linebacker will hit him. Not really worried about Bryce. He'll catch it 50% of the time and not worried about this. I mean, I'm just saying they don't have the guy that really scares you. They don't have a scary player on at receiver other than Dez, and Dez isn't really doing his scary work down the field. The only, the only part that, that I disagree a little bit on that is I think typically that scary player 
means you get that safety, that extra safety, now having to worry about him. But a lot of times we're seeing in these situations, especially when it's a good cornerback, there's not another safety there. It's not like they're putting a safety and the good cornerback on Dez. It's Dez against that cornerback, and and that's where you know I don't think that changes if you have a scary player. He's still got to beat that cornerback, and there isn't enough of that in these situations for whatever reason, whether it's the ball isn't getting there accurately enough or what are you saying that they don't beat those guys aren't beating the corner. The other receivers? No, no, no. That that Dez, Dez is still going to be man. Like Dez is 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 being played by one man right now, and he's going to be played by one man if they have the scary player. It doesn't change that, does it? I don't. You think know, so. I was listening to Bryce the other day, and he was kind of explaining Dez's pro- one of Dez's problem is that he plays around too much with the cornerback. Like they go back and forth a little too much than he should. And he, according to him, I mean, I'm sure he knows way more than I do, obviously. But based on what he's seen on tape and what he watches, you know, him watching Des playing, he says that affects him in catching the ball and kind of staying with what he should be doing rather than kind of battling too much with the cornerback, you know, he spending gets, that back and forth, back and forth. That, that's always been an issue with, with Des. And, and let me say this about Bryce. I mean, I like Bryce a lot, but I think that he does have some setbacks when it comes to just when you think he's about to yeah. kind of take it, yeah. then he, he'll, he'll, he'll five step forwards, two steps back. But um, I, and then I he, he makes some plays, some and then I that's thought he got past some of the drops, and and we've seen now yeah. in the two games there have been some some plays he should have caught that he yeah. didn't, you know. And I really was very optimistic about him coming out of training camp because yeah. everything he showed in training camp suggested it was ready. He was ready to take that next step, and we just haven't seen it yet. You know, that doesn't mean he can't. You just haven't seen it yet. You know, uh, I just I know I, it's like a, a dead horse here that I keep talking about <laughs> with um, speed. With the speed, but I mean, I I think it affects them. I, I really it do. can't hurt. I mean, and, like, and I I, I kind of disagree though with what you say about it's just Des getting one on one. It's really not. I mean, because they do cheat a safety over, which allows those corners to be very aggressive with them and kind of play more underneath because they know they got somewhat they got some help. I think they do that sometimes. I do think there is a lot of times, though. Yeah. And I, I've I've spent games just watching to see what, what teams do against Dez. And in these first two weeks, there have been a lot of times when it, there was not a safety there. There was not a safety helping out over there. It was literally, we feel good in this particular situation with Dez being covered by yeah. a man. And we're going to just leave it there and see what happens. And the Cowboys haven't been able to take advantage of it. Now, again, I don't want to put that all on Dez because it's not all on Dez. But the Cowboys as a team, as an offense, have not been able to take advantage of that near as much as I think they should. The be. five best cornerbacks that he's going to face this year, I think three of them are going to be right here. Don't you think, Jenkins? You say right here, you're talking about at home? No, these first, oh, the first three, three games. games. Jenkins, Tlaib, yeah. and Harrison, or whatever. You're going to have Peters, Peters when you play, uh, when you play uh, Kansas City. Kansas City, okay. And then you're going to have uh, Sherman when you play Seattle. That's probably the five best cornerbacks in the league, right? Yeah. Wouldn't we say? Up there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. Who else? I don't even know some of the other guys. I, I can't think. I mean, like Malcolm Terrence Newman, Butler, but uh, who's the guy out in uh, Tampa Bay now? He used to be in Miami. Oh, uh, uh, Grimes. Grimes. I don't know that he's on that level. Anymore. I mean, he's if you start talking about the Pro Bowl kind yeah. of cornerbacks, yeah. he's in that category, I guess. Yeah. Um, Hayden used to be. I don't know his injuries oh. over the last couple of years. Not, Maybe he's not anymore. We're not giving any love to his number one nemesis right now, Josh Norman. Oh, we should put him in that category. He has to play him twice. But and Norman plays him well. I mean, he Minnesota plays well. quarter Rhodes. 
Yeah, yeah. they don't yeah. face him this year. There's now, he did beat him for a touchdown last year. Yeah, he did. This is a it's a tough stretch to open the, the schedule, but I guess the the that was great. By the way, way to go, guys. That little what was great. That little tete tete right there. That's what we do. But uh, I I don't know. It wasn't as bad as it as it looked. I it wasn't good. Yeah, that's not what I'm saying. But it wasn't as bad as it looked. All right, let's take our final break. Come back. We'll get more questions. Uh, you guys call us. The number's 9... I'm sorry, 214-872-2102. Again, 214-872-2102. Or hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. This is The Break. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere Compact Tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. We, the entertainment-loving people, demand the best unlimited wireless plan ever from AT&T. What else do you want, a unicorn? Maybe. Only AT&T offers you unlimited data with HBO included and never pay overages. Get AT&T Unlimited Plus, our best wireless deal on unlimited data. Plus save $25 per month on DirecTV. It's entertainment your way. After 22 gigabytes of data usage, AT&T may slow speeds. Plan includes stream saver and videos will stream in standard definition unless you turn it off. $25 DirecTV savings across AT&T Unlimited Plus. Credits start within three bills. Service prices subject to change. Other usage, speed, fees, charges, and restrictions apply. See att.com slash unlimited for details. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and of course with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Back to the break. Final segment of the break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. And Nick, take it away. We'll call him the timeout. All right. In football, adjusting your plays are a key to win. And if you don't adjust, you lose by 25. But underwear adjustments are something we'd rather avoid. And we also want to avoid Derek dancing like that. So... Make I was sure adjusting. You, get, you got um, ants in your pants? No, I'm adjusting. <laughs> like that. Justin. Isn't that their commercial that they sing? That little. Ants in your pants? Yeah. That is. Yeah. What? I'm not going to sing it. Sing it. No, sing no. it. I won't. No. Do that. Okay. Sorry. Okay, we got derailed. Go. But you can go to tommyjohn.com forward slash cowboys for 20% off your order. Tommyjohn.com forward slash cowboys. It's pretty good underwear. Cowboys. Very good underwear. John, John Snow has ants in his pants. Was that shout out all my Game of Thrones watchers? Oh, is that Game of Thrones? Yeah, I'm gonna start that one day. You should. I'm gonna start watching it. I tried one time, I couldn't get into it, but I'm gonna try it again. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's up your alley, but it is good. All right, we'll give it a shot. Can we talk about some running backs now? Uh, we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Okay, the backup running back. Do you guys think that they'll stick with Alfred Morris or make that little switch to Daring? Do people care about this? Yeah, I'm looking at it on Twitter. Yes, apparently they do. I don't know, and I don't care, honestly. Well, I don't either. I'm being <laughs> honest. Who is the backup? I'm just being honest. Rod Smith? Okay, so I'll ask this question. Let me change the question a little bit. Do you think in those times when you take when you take Zeke out of the game because he needs a, a break, do you think the Cowboys could get more out of those moments from Darren McFadden than they're getting out of. Can you point me toward an instance in any of the games that Zeke has been on this team where the backup running back did something that you thought was awesome? 
No, but that also goes to my point. Do you think that there could have been moments when the it backup was, running was, back could have done something it else? It was Morris at times last year. It Actually, I take that back because Morris, had, he scored a touchdown in the Washington game, Zeke's second career game. Good for him. Um, they, it was Morris nice at times. Nice sound effect right there. It's been Morris at times. It's been McFadden at times. It's been Dunbar at times. So and your point is there's no appreciable difference between them to make it to make it. Has it shown on the field? Okay. Have you seen a game where you were like, oh, hey, that guy made the most of his chance? No. <laughs> if anything, just keep Zeke on the field. I, I like that point. He's 22 years old. Just let him be out there. I don't. Un- I never understood this. I still don't understand it. And I certainly, I don't want to get into an argument about the semantics of who's going to do better with their three touches. Oh, sorry. Well, all I know is that Jerry Jones made had about a seven eight minute conversation on the field with Darren McFadden. I don't know what about, but probably Arkansas asked about jerseys. Those Arkansas jerseys. <laughs> right. It was the Arkansas jerseys. What do you think? No. No, I was no. creeping. I was like trying to. It wasn't their, that. Their no. Fate. no, you don't nah. get you don't get this close to each other, and now that's because you just can't hear her there. But yeah, that conversation wasn't about Arkansas uniforms. I can promise you that. If it was, then Darren would have told me what it was when I asked him. He would. He was like, "I'll just leave. Keep that between us." <laughs> okay. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe you, he was like, "Man, look, look you, I'm you sorry. need to step up your game. I'm sorry you've been." inactive um uh, that's just how the game is maybe yeah. it could have Step been like up. listen you know as a real diehard razorback like amber said step it up start practicing better play better you know i don't, I don't know i doubt it <laughs> I'm just it up. stay patient probably stay patient stay your patient. time will come we're gonna need you at some point or maybe when david Irvin comes back we might be letting you go see what else is out there wow what do you think would you make that cut, Derek? You got it. You, you, I, I will say this. I will say this. Once they figure out, like, I think there's still one more hurdle. Like, they still have to wait for the Fifth Circuit to come back and say for sure that they're yeah. going to deny the NFL's appeal for a stay. Once that's done and you feel that you know that De- that, that Zeke is going to be here for the year, I think that position becomes expendable. You have personally. to. Yeah. You have to. I do. And so if that's around the time or before the time that they may have to make a decision on David Irving, I certainly look at it. I definitely look at, and I'm not saying I choose. I'm not saying I necessarily choose Alfred Morris over him, but I think one of them becomes expendable when you know that Zeke's going to be here, yep. barring injury. I think that's yeah. that definitely becomes a, a position that's in play. I agree with you, but that would still surprise me because that's not kind the, of. It's not the type of cut that they do. Like for whatever reason, right. I mean, they didn't. They cut Darius Jackson when they could have cut a host of other veteran guys. That's a good point. I would be less surprised if they cut. Rod Smith than the two of those guys. Even though yes. I think that would be I would hate for me that. personally, yeah. I would not do that. Yeah. I would that seems more like their kind of cut yes. is they would cut him before they would cut those two veterans. I agree. Yep. All right, let's get a phone call. We got a call from Troy in Philly. Troy, what up? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey. What's going on? Hey, uh, hello? Yeah, we're here. Oh, okay. Um, you know what, guys? I'm like I'm I'm not I'm not gonna jump off a cliff over what over Sunday's game. I'm still uh, I still believe this is that this is a championship team, and that they're going to be okay. Um, but I do think it may be a little presumptuous for us to think that oh, well, they're not going to see anybody else like this again. And I, I, that may be true on the schedule, on the actual schedule. But I think they are going to have to figure out these types of defenses in order to go where they need to go, where they want to go. I mean, teams like Minnesota. We'll see what happened with Arizona this week. Seattle. Like they're going to have to beat these types of teams 
in order to advance and get to that championship level. So I think that Linehan and Dak and these guys are going to have to figure out these types of defenses if they're going to go anywhere. And I think, you know, we may be a little presumptuous to say, oh, well, they're not going to see anybody like this again. Good luck at, you know, those teams that can do that. Hey, I Troy, think they're going to have to figure this thing out. Also, Hey, Troy, real quick, real quick, before you get to your second question, I just have this question for you. Do you put the Giants in that same, not not maybe as good, but in that same level when you're talking about the Arizonas and, and some of these other defenses that you just mentioned? Is New York in that same category? Um, I, I do, but I think New, New York has to figure out their offense a little bit more. Like, I think if, the, if, New, if, if New York could have, um, if they could have put up some type of offense, I think that would have been a much more contested game. Um, but I think New York is different in that, you know, they just couldn't move the ball. We, you know, defense was all over those guys. It was like 230 yards they got. Uh, I, I think that New York is a little bit different from from some of those other teams. And I realize some of the other teams have some of their right, own deficiencies yeah. as well. Seattle and Minnesota, um, same thing, I think. Right, they do. They do. But then so does the Cowboys, you know. So, But I think that in terms of offense to, 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 that, to that type of defense, they are going to have to prove that they can beat that type or that they, they, they can play better against a, that type of defense. That's fair. Um, uh, my, my, my other thing is, and you guys actually talked about touching on a little bit yesterday. Where is Zeke in the passing game? Like we were promised it. I don't know if we were promised, but you know, we thought that this was going to happen. And I mean, not if Des T will and Beasley isn't open, just hit them on the flare out. I mean, where are the schemed plays that will route or, you know, getting him, scheming him up so he's on a linebacker or a safety or whoever, getting him in space. I mean, we've already seen what he can do um, in the screen game. We're, I think this these guys are going to have to figure out getting your, your best players, getting the ball into Zeke's hands. Yep. And, and the other thing is, where's Switzer? Like, you know, where's he in the offense? I think he's another weapon. I, I just think these guys are going to have to empty the barrel with those types of defenses. And I'll, I'll hang up and listen to you. All right, Troy, appreciate the call, man. All right. You know what? I I don't. I agree with the first part of he was saying. Yeah, they are going to have to play well against defenses. We're not saying that this is the only good defense that they're going to face, but I don't think you can say that. Are they going to face a better pass rusher than that? No. If they whoever is close to that doesn't have two really good corners, right? A no. tandem of cornerbacks. And yeah. I, I even though it sounds like an excuse, it's not. They, it is a tough place to play on the road with with the crowd, and and especially when you're down in the game and having to throw back into it. You're not going to face a tougher crowd, a tougher pass rusher, and two tougher corners. That doesn't mean those teams you mentioned aren't going to be presenting different types of challenges. But I think what we were saying is is that might be the toughest that it's going to get. Now, when you when you put the aggregate together, now they got beat by 25, so. That's not a good thing. Just to say that, well, Seattle won't be as tough. They can still win. Right. I mean, we're, we're not saying that they're out of the woods here. Like, they'll be fine. Because I said yesterday, it's not just that. They'll face a much better offense than that. So, it, it, it wasn't good. They've got a lot to, to figure out. I will say this. The last time that this offensive line, this wasn't this team, but this offensive line faced Seattle, they beat them up pretty good up front. It was not the same game as what you saw last week against Denver yeah. when it came to those two fronts battling. Uh, they beat them up, and they, they took it to them pretty good when, it, when they went up to Seattle and played in Seattle. That Well, 2015, they didn't do too bad either. Right, yeah. Um, 
that's not that that's the outlines a little better though than it was then. Absolutely, and but it, but it still is. If you look at it player for player, yeah, I think it's very comparable to what they saw in Denver last week. You know that stat I told you about yesterday. I also told it to Shannon, and Shannon said, "Goes, I'm I'm putting this on the air today. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it on hanging with that the voice." So I was like, "Well, before you do that, I'm just gonna." I'm going to reveal it on ours. Oh, you just killed his segment. Oh, go. I found the stat. Anyway. Yes, yeah, true. I found the stat anyway. <laughs> you guys have no love for Shannon and hanging with the boys. That's nope. Really Nate. Up. Nate's got a good love, show. Love Nate. And Kurt. <laughs> I love those guys, and I love what they do. No, I, like the, I like the dynamic that yeah. you've got working over there now. Um, the last time they've been beat by 25 points or more, uh, I looked the last five times. Took it, took it all the way back to, like, 2006 with the Saints. But... um. That was a 42-17 game, too. It, exactly. Five times that they've been beat by 25, they come back the next week, they win them all. Yep. They've won them all, and then and three times they've won at least two. Uh, so then I said, all right, 21 points. So I found the last 10 times they've been beat by three touchdowns or more, their record is 9-1. and one. The next week. No, 9-1 and one the next game. 9-0 yeah, and yeah. Oh the next week. The, the, one, the one loss was after the, the Patriots in 2015 – they had a bye week. Then they went and changed quarterbacks, put Castle in. They still lost. But they're 9-1 and one in the next game after they lose by 21 points or more in the last 10. So That's a nice little stat. Yeah. It is. They're com- I mean, and six of those 10 are in the Garrett era. Yeah. So Garrett gets his team ready to you know, play. After and, and that's sort awesome. of the nature of the NFL. You kind of get a handed to you, you come back. and so If you've got those, a good team. Well, yeah, and that's what I was saying. Some of those teams aren't that good, you know. Um, the forty-five. This one of those was that forty-five to seven loss to the Packers um, when the website went down, and then the coach. <laughs> it's funny now. No, it's not. Yeah. It will never, ever, ever, ever. They made a TV never, show ever. about it. It will never, ever be funny. <laughs> right? Not even a little bit. Thank Sorry. For funny now. It's pretty no, funny. Not agree funny. to disagree. Stop it, Amber. Seriously, <laughs> I expect expect that from them. I don't expect that from you. All, All right. right. Let's take one more. Zero question. fun, sir. That's that's good. <laughs> Play that drop more. <laughs> okay, we know that Demontre Moore is coming back. Yep. And we've kind of talked about him yesterday, but what are y'all's expectations on him? Is he going to be a player that when he returns is going to impact the game? I think he'll be active and he'll rotate in. He's not going to start, I wouldn't guess. And, I I mean. Four sacks for the season? For the season? Five. 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 But you got Demontre getting five sacks? Maybe. He looked really good in the preseason. He did. Yeah. That's, but yeah, it's so hard to judge. You know, he's been off for two weeks. How long does it take him to bounce back? He's been here working out, so it's not like he's just been away from football completely. He looked good in the preseason, but was that against bad players or good players? This is a crappy Arizona line, as I just detailed. So, I mean, I don't think he's going to, like, blow up in this game, but he'll be out there and and – You'll you'll notice him. That's what I'll say. So they have five sacks right now. Four by Demarcus Lawrence, one by Tapper. They're on pace for their first forty sack season since twenty eleven. Yeah. Now most of that is obviously Demarcus, but but you know what I like. Got to imagine somebody else is going to come along with him at some point. Irving. What I, Irving. Yes, and what I do Collins. like about that is if you got if you've got somebody like Demarcus, if he continues, not this pace. I'm not expecting him to keep this pace of two sacks per game. That would be a record. But if but if draws just, other people's attention, exactly. If he's if he's active like he's been continues to do that, you get a guy like Irvin back in, you get a guy like DeMontre Moore in, you get, you're working, already working with Malik Collins and Steven Paya. I think it kind of builds on itself to where they can create a pretty good pass rush just consistently over the season, and that's what they, I think, in, in the last 
few times they've been to the playoffs, I think pass rush has been one of their Achilles heels. I think they actually might have something to work with. Is that right? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> Who thought that? Uh, but yeah, I mean, Choke I don't know. Him. There's reason. There's reason for optimism. Sorry. I think I think Demontre will be pretty solid. All right, let's say uh, that's that's the end of the show. We'll be oh, back tomorrow. Awesome. We're going to talk about Cowboys offense versus Cardinals defense tomorrow. So make sure you tune in for that. Till till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, and Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagles, and this has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?